Good stuff. Thank you, Megan. You know, uh, there, there's a secret to all of this. Uh, there's a real secret to perceiving God as not a liar. Because how, how many's ever thought about whether your perception of God of being a, a truth teller or a liar? And we may not actually think that necessarily like, well, oh, is God tell the truth? Anybody ever ask that? Probably not. But you have probably doubted his word sometimes, haven't you? So would that be the same thing as a question of I'm not sure God's telling the truth? So our perception of God does matter, doesn't it? Well, I tell you what, I wanna, I'll continue in the thoughts I've been in lately about joining yourself to, and that's if we use Jesus as the example of truth, and I join myself to him, not only will I learn that Jesus tells the truth, but him and I will be of the same mind. So what does that mean I'm going to do? Exactly what he does. What does he do? He tells the truth. So what will I do? Tell the truth. Does he think truth? Does he speak truth? So what will I do? Okay, good. Let's read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 10. Wave at me when you got it. Now I beseech you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now that's, that's awesome, isn't it? If you're looking to find out what being joined together means, you tell me. Same mind? Same judgment? Speak the same thing, no divisions. Now what I find interesting is, is speaking the same thing always an, an accurate picture if someone has joined themselves? Did the Pharisees speak the law of God? Were they joined to God? No. Is it possible to speak the same thing and learn the language but yet not be joined to that? So what else has got to happen? You get, you're joined by the same mind. You're, who said spirit? I like it. You're right. You got to be of the same spirit, don't you? That's the mind. You've got to be no divisions. That's where the father and the son were not separated in the least, even though Jesus was on the earth. Well, how does that work? If God's in heaven and Jesus is on the earth, are they separated? Or something is joining them together, Marvin. What is that? The same mind, the same spirit, the same speech, the same way we think. So therefore, was it easy for Jesus to say, whatever my father does, I'll do that. Why? Because sometimes we think that Jesus always had to go maybe get a dream or a vision to hear from God so he'd know what to do. But what if Jesus had the same mind as God? 
Did he just automatically act like God? What about us? Well, we, we put aside the imperfections of the physical flesh, okay? Put that aside. We know that can't be performed to the T with the Bible. It just, there's things that are going to be corruptible. But when you line up the spirit and the word and truth between the Father and you, who do you represent? Have you joined yourself to the Father? Are you one with Jesus Christ? Rick said something one time that he had uh, years ago. We were here praying at the church, and he, he had, went into a prayer and a vision where Jesus was there. And he said, I think he, Rick, he said, welcome home, brother. Is, is that what he said? He said, welcome home, brother. Jesus called Rick his brother. Is that awesome or what? Same family, same father, same house, same kingdom, same brothers, same sisters. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Would you think that at that moment and others that Rick was in the same mind as Jesus? He was, wasn't he? Was there any divisions there? Nope. You know why? Because Rick had joined himself to what God was saying. I think this was interesting. I actually was talking to Naomi yesterday. I think this will be important to share. It was, it's interesting to me that years ago, when I didn't know anything, and, you know, what I know today, by the grace of God, I still think that there's so much to learn. You know, you, you still almost feel when you compare yourself to God, you go, whoo, wow, there's still a lot to learn, right? But back then, I remember when Rick was leading me and guiding me, there was some very important things. While I submitted to him, he had to submit to who? God, Tim. He had to submit to God. So what would make a person... Lead a church the right way when they have nobody else physically to submit to. You better be close with God, shouldn't you? And so I watched that and I go, wow, okay. I didn't know how to submit to God too well. So who did I submit to? Remember when Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ? That's kind of what we did. So in turn, after years and years of growing up and following the Lord, what am I asking you to do now? The same thing I did? Because it worked for me. So wouldn't I want to share what works for me with you? And as you hear from God, what do we all submit to in this place? People or do we submit to God? Because let's face it, if I had Tim up here and I said, Tim's going to be in charge now of the whole church, but he wasn't submitting to God, how many, how many of us would follow Tim? We'd be like, hold on now. Tim, you better get on your knees and start praying to God and hearing from God because we don't want to be led astray. But see, the, the, the goal is 
that if we're saying we're following the Spirit, what are we actually doing? We're joining ourselves to the entire realm of God. That's what we're doing. So it's not like um, we say, well, I want to be part of the kingdom, but then I love the earth and I just do what I want. That would, would that contradict itself? Like my speech says one thing and I can talk about the kingdom, but then my thoughts are another and I'm divided from the, from the works of God and the people of God and the church of God. That's what we're after here is to continually gather and the word join is very important. So going forward, anytime we use the word join yourself, because I like to use that word, join yourself, what am I saying? Look on the screen. Be of the same mind. No divisions. Same spirit. Same unity. Same works. Everything joined together. Now I have another good example. In I believe it's in chapter 6. We've read this through the years at times. Of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Oh, start at verse 16, Dave. Tell you what, go to verse 15. That way we have a little context. I'll tell you what. Why don't we try 14? I like 14, man. I like, look at it. I like it. <laughs> no, 14, 14. I, I don't have time to read it all. But And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Oh, I had to put that in there. Listen to that. Us. God raised up Jesus well, guess what? If you join yourself to Jesus, do you get raised up just like him? I mean, that is like gospel 101, man. Resurrection 101. You just can't beat it. I mean, it's so simple. Huh. If I want to be raised up like Jesus was, I think I'll join with him. Get in the same mind. Okay, I like it. Verse 15. Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Do you not know that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? Notice the language here. You're one body. You join yourself to a harlot. Some may say prostitute. It, it's, a, it's a parable. It's, it's symbolic. Who, are we talking about the strange woman that leads the sons of God astray? So is it saying if you join yourself to this harlot or this prostitute or this strange woman or this thought that wants to lead you away from God, you're son of God, who you are. If you join yourself to that, you will go down to the depths of hell. How many of you want to do that? No, you don't. So if you join yourself, you become one body. Now think spiritually. For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. Now you know the symbolism of marriage, right? The symbolism of marriage is male and female come together and you become one flesh. Right? That's the symbolism of marriage. And when you do, when you bring that together, well, it's so imperfect in our world, isn't it? 
goodness gracious, is it imperfect? How many have found that out? But in God, is it possible to perfect marriage? Isn't that awesome? So he's saying, don't join yourself with a strange woman, a thought that'll lead you astray. Don't do that. You become one flesh. In other words, all your manifestation in the earth will become like her. You want proof? How many remember Solomon? How many wives did he marry? Way too many, right? It's hard to handle one. But imagine marrying hundreds of wives and they all worship other gods. Solomon, what are you thinking? Like if David would have been around still, could you just see his, Solomon's dad going, Solomon, come here. Come here. Shut the door behind him. Son, are you crazy? I mean, let's just forget all this kingship stuff. You're out of your mind. And these women worship other gods. They are going to lead you astray. You could use the same parable with male and female. So ladies, don't be too sharp on me. It's true though, right? He married them. And what they do, they cost them his kingdom. Not only did they cost him his kingdom, did you know all of Israel divided after that? It was a terrible thing. And so do you want to join yourself to the wrong thought? Do you want to join yourself to a harlot, this strange woman? No. No. And so it's one body. Now let's keep reading, though. Verse 17, but he that is joined unto the Lord, talk to me, is one spirit, Tim. There it is, Debbie. One spirit. If you join yourself to the Lord, you're one spirit with him. Now, does this answer all the questions of who am I in this world? I'm joined to the spirit of God. What are you talking about? We try to find our identity in the flesh. But let me, let me give the answer that everybody needs to hear in this world. Every single person that struggles with identity crisis. Join yourself to the Lord. And you will know who you are and what you are and what you have to do. And there will be no confusion in your mind of what God's purpose was for you, what he made you to be what he wants you to think, the unity with the Lord would be awesome. Now tell me, all the struggles that we have in our life, is it not true that it's caused because we are not joining ourselves to one spirit? Is that true? Yes. It's true, isn't it? So I have a spirit of fear. Mm, separate spirit. I, I have a spirit of lust, separate spirit, pride. <laughs> and the list goes on, right? We could just go on. Wrong spirit. And when we join ourselves to the wrong thing, we will be led astray. It's black and white. You, you can't argue with it. It's true. The proof is there. It's manifested all through the scriptures that 
every time somebody joined themselves to the faithfulness of God and His Spirit, they were blessed. They were blessed in their thoughts, in their heart, in their life. The minute they get outside of it and they go in their own will, in their own way, corruption, defilement, destruction, defeat, frustration, and all of that. So it's an exciting time, man. All these things we're talking about is to gather us into this one spirit. That means, that means all of us, all of us. Remember, before I finish that thought, remember Peter when he said, the Lord showed him as a Jew because a Jew by the flesh did not mingle with Gentiles. Okay, because Gentiles served other gods. So when God called Peter to talk to Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, what did Peter say after he saw that an angel of the Lord had visited Cornelius? Did he stop and say, I, I just perceive that God is no respect of persons. How about this? Flesh is not, huh, flesh is not the key here? You mean this thing is by God's thoughts? So a Gentile, oh my gosh, I've, I've never even ate with a Gentile before. You just imagine what's going on in Peter's mind. So that you judge everything by the flesh and God comes along and says, hey, receive them because I put my spirit in them. <laughs> That's awesome. And they're joined together. And he says, I... I found out God's no respecter of person. And he went back to his group. And where you been? I've been ministering to the Gentiles. Huh? What? Who? Yeah. God told me and he gave his testimony. And after he said, he said, I, I realize God's no respecter of person. You know what they all did? What'd they do? They said, if God said it, let's do it. Praise God. And they all prayed and glorified God together that God would allow others to come in and make them one by his spirit. Now, is that cool or what? Is that cool? You know, we've got, um, we've got some people uh, in, in our churches. We, we love that we have, if we could have every race in our churches, that'd be awesome. Wouldn't it? We should. Because, you know, I was talking to Ernest. We had a great talk about this uh, one time about race. And I love Ernest. We're good buddies, man. We talk all the time. And I thought, you know what? I like that, that there are black and white. I like it. You know why? Because you guys have thoughts and ideas and abilities that are different than mine. I was raised in a different culture. Imagine when we get together under the same mind of Christ, but yet different characters and different personalities. Isn't that awesome? How much could be added to the kingdom if we all walked by the Spirit and didn't look at flesh? White even among white, black among black, Hispanic among Hispanic, and so on. And what would happen if the mind of Christ was in our world and we all walked together and we dropped personal agendas and we said, let's follow the Lord and uphold our brothers and sisters above ourselves? What if we did that? 
Wouldn't that be awesome? Our world's a long way from that. Have you noticed? I got to read some more stuff before I go. I want you to notice something here, okay? I'm going to start setting up some things. You know I told you that when we get back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you some things on hell and the eternal kingdom and things you should know. And I know it now, and I want to share it. But I don't rush into things, if you know me too well. But I do want to set some things up. How about that? Check this out. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. It says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. No question. How many of you are looking for this? How many of you are looking for the Son <laughs> to come and sit in all his glory upon the throne? Are you, are you looking for this? I hope you're looking for this. And all his angels. Because if, if this is not a thought that crosses your mind, start thinking it. Okay? Because he's coming. That's a promise. And before him shall be gathered all nations. So now he's sitting upon his throne of glory. And before him all the nations are gathered. And he shall separate them one from another. As a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Now notice right away. Back to what I've been talking about here this morning. God's sitting on his throne. The Lord Jesus sitting on his throne. He divides nations. Right is the sheep. Left is the goats. Now this is a shepherd. This is what a shepherd does. He divides sheep from the goats. And what do you think the secret was on being a sheep versus a goat? There we go. The sheep joined themselves to the Lord and became one spirit with him. How easy is it for the Lord to come in all his glory and look at all the nations and go, that's mine. That's not. Don't, don't think I'm pointing. You're mine, you're not. And on the right and the left, he looks upon and says, oh, I know who are mine. I'm one with them. But not pretend like, like the ones that can go around and teach and preach all the, the, the gospel or the, the word of God with just words, but they never do. They're, they're actually divided. I'm talking about the ones that have joined themselves. We're of the same likeness. They live their life in the mind that I have. Do you know why the Lord will always know what Rick is doing? Because they're in the same mind. But it's amazing to think about. Just, I could have the same mind as God. Well, God never intended to live alone. He wanted to, to have a heavenly host, but then he, he created an earth and said, I want to have earthlings too. And I want them to be part of my family. Isn't that cool? And he says, how do I join something that is earthly with something that is heavenly? I make them one same spirit. 
make them one mind with no divisions? Well, the serpent said, I don't like that. Let me disrupt all that. And so what he created in Eve? A wrong mind. And then in Adam, a wrong mind. Hence, separation. You know the story so well, sometimes we know it too well. If it goes like this, whoop, heard that before. Take it more serious. Like the truth of everything I'm telling you, like this is the greatest word you will hear in a lifetime. Join yourself to the Spirit of God. Be one with God. Join yourself to the Spirit that's not of God. Be separate from God. How easy is that? That is so simple. And everything in the Bible, believe it or not, points back to this idea. And so here we are. I read it. First of all, he separated right and left, sheep and goat. Now notice something, though, verse, um, verse 34. Where, where are we at up here? 32? Do I need 33? Uh, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, the goats on his left. That was verse 33. Verse 34 says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Man, that is mind-blowing. If I'm joined with him, when he comes, he says, come with me. I've prepared a place for you. Didn't Jesus say that in John 14? I go away, but I, come, I prepare a place for you, and I'll come back for you. Is, is he coming back here? Is this the coming back? When he comes back for you, he wanted you to know that you've been faithful. You joined yourself to me. There's no divisions. Come with me. I've prepared that place. Come with me. Come with me. It's prepared. Now, this is interesting because he always had it in mind because he prepared it from the foundation of the world. And then he tells them why. He tells them what they did the time they were in the earth. They were rewarded for joining themselves and doing the same things that Jesus does. So what do I want you to do? Join yourself to Jesus. And then whatever Jesus does, you do. Does Jesus love? Does he love his father more than his own life? Yes. Does he love the kingdom? Does he love every soul? Does he love doing righteousness? Does he love having faith? Does he love overcoming sin? Yeah. Does he hate sin? Does he hate unrighteousness and iniquity? Yes. Will he join himself to a harlot? What? Jesus did not and will not join himself to the strange woman. So what will you do? The same thing? Boy, this is awesome. You are testifying your greatest accomplishment in this life. I am joining myself to the word of Jesus Christ. Everything he does, I will do. Now, 
Anybody that says, I, I don't know what my purpose is, did I just give it to you again? You have a lot of purpose. And this is one of them. Join yourself to Jesus Christ. Now, one more verse here. Verse 41 says, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, these are the goats, Depart from me, you cursed, those living in a curse, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Now let me ask you a question. I don't know what you've been taught growing up, but how many of you have, have at least at some point said, I don't want to go to hell? Was it prepared for you? Was this everlasting fire prepared for you? Who was it prepared for? Then why in the world would you join yourself with the devil? Huh? The devil made me do it. Uh-huh. Who are you joined with? If you join yourself to the devil, who is he? Who is he? Who's the devil? Let's go. Who is he? Father of lies? He's, your ad- he's God's adversary? He's an accuser of the brothers of God, the brothers of Christ. He's a murderer of all the saints and innocent souls. No truth in him. There's some good answers, man. Anybody else? He's a wicked one? We said that, father of lies. Question for you. Anybody in here do any of that stuff? Come on now, we're talking spiritually. Have you joined yourself with the devil? Remember what God said when he walked in the garden, Tim? And Adam, now God was used to Adam being there. And now he wasn't. He knew, didn't he? Adam, where are you? I'm hiding. Why? Because I'm naked. Who told you that? Huh. God is so smart. Who told you that? Who have you joined yourself to to believe their words? Isn't that interesting? And there was the question. Now, how many times do you think have you come and sat down and began to talk and do you think I've taken the thought who have you joined yourself to? Who told you that? A lot. And when I used to meet with Rick, he used to probably think the same thing. This boy has joined himself with the devil. And then he was there to help me, to free me from it. And you know what I like about those conversations? Is it wasn't like, you know, a, a woodshed experience. How many know what that is? It, uh, it is a hallmark experience. No, I'm from the South, man. That's when, that's when you get taken out to the woodshed and you get taught what's right and wrong. That ain't no hallmark. (laughs) 
Let's give Megan a big hand. Yeah. You've been watching too much TV. James Croom, you're online. You know what I'm talking about. My goodness. See, Rick used to take me out to the woodshed. But it wasn't with great anger and frustration. But he sure did deal with the devil. Because that's why we were there. See, you realize God likes, he needs to deal with the devil. He doesn't take you aside to hurt you. What is he after? The thing you joined yourself with. That's the devil. So if you've joined yourself with the devil, the Lord is here to deal with the devil. Because the, the big reason why you do not want to join yourself with the devil, well, first of all, it's against God, and you'll miss out on the kingdom. But eternal fire. Eternal fire. And, you know, God uses fire for those he loves to do what? To purge you and clean you. He burns off all the old and the filthy and the unrighteous. But when it comes for the devil, what's he use fire for? He, he's going to destroy that lie. He's going to torment that lie. The lie is not going to have peace in the kingdom. And so we have to have the right perception. God doesn't want to hurt you. God wants to, to burn off everything that's keeping you out of his kingdom. Try to help him a little bit. You I mean, join with him and help him out. It's like, you know, you, you know how it goes. You try to help somebody and they resist and always do the wrong thing. Listen, do the right thing. And that's, that's uh, Rick, I'll never forget it. For years, Rick called, had a nickname for me. Say it again. You name it, either way. Danny do right, Daniel do right, Dan do right, do, just do right. He said that to me so much, what I start doing. And it was, in, it was in his funny way, it was important. Because the Lord loves those that are his. And so today, I think I've made my point. Have I made my point today? We're going to join ourselves to the Lord. And we're not going to join ourselves to the thing that is against the Lord, the devil. Because I'm, I'm not joining myself to a devil that has an in, a destination of eternal fire. I want to join myself to the one, the shepherd that prepared a kingdom that we live in eternal life forever. And where does it start? It starts right now. It starts in you right now. God is forming Christ in, in you so that you can join yourself with every good thing. Isn't that awesome? There was, only, there was only one type of thing that was kicked out of heaven or thrown out of heaven or cast out of heaven. What was it? The dragon? The devil? Ah. Oh, because of rebellion? Does anybody... Knowing what you know today, want to be thrown out of heaven? 
or do you want to live in heaven? Well, I'm telling you right now, God wants to create that heaven in you now so that while you're living your physical life, you can begin living in heaven. That's awesome, isn't it? And then when you die after your physical life, that's a, an easy switch. Wouldn't it be? More to talk about later. But today, if you're going to join with me, I'm going to pray with you. Stand to your feet. If we say we're going to join with the Lord, we're going to stand to our feet and we're going to agree. If you want to, take your neighbor's hand. I'll leave that up to you if you want to hold hands and pray together as a symbol of joining. Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is good. And today we are joining ourselves, not only as individuals, as a body, as a group, as a people. We are joining ourselves with your word and your truth and all of your kingdom. That place prepared for us, we're coming. We're coming. In Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen and give the Lord a hand. Amen. amen.